right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the uh, Squidge's Wildlife Animal Hospital. My name is uh, Scotty, also known as EBC, and uh, this is Arcade, Nostalgia Memories Podcast Season 2, Episode 6. Directly to my right is the beautiful Cage, who uh, at the moment is actually asleep. He has painted uh, eyeballs on his eyelids. He's doing that old trick where he pretends he's awake and he's here and conscious and uh, sane and all of that stuff. And I like your your shiny, glittery green head today, Cage. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Cage Cage is uh, supposed to be sleeping at this point, and he's like, hmm... What could I be doing that's that's more important and far more entertaining and, uh, you know, something I want to do with my time than sleeping? Oh, I know I'll go on this rad-ass podcast with this guy that just, you know, is constantly up my ass about everything and will, we'll, you know, maybe talk about something. Who knows what? Did you I don't say rat-ass podcast yeah. or rad-ass podcast? R- rat. <laughs> T. We don't... Okay. Nothing here is rad. It's all rad-ass. Yeah. Well, and, it's a Nostalgia Memories podcast, so I wasn't sure if you said rad or not. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not rad here. We we are uh, unprofessional to the hilt. Uh, and to that, <laughs> to, to that end, we actually found a guest who is extremely professional... Like and he constantly no, <laughs> he constantly worries about being unprofessional, which which like creates a a stream and a uh, a show that he puts on and then uploads his videos to YouTube that is extremely professional despite all of the worry and the concern he has. Uh, yeah, no, no, f- yeah, I mean, Sky. Just because, uh, or just uh, by looking at what you actually put out on YouTube, those are high-quality, professionally edited videos. So you do a fantastic job, and you you don't give yourself enough credit. Thank you. But in any case, our our lovely guest today is Skyfer, uh, from all the way on the other side of the world in Indonesia, Jakarta, Indonesia. So, hello. hello. How are you today, Sky? I'm doing good. Hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, we are. Except for Cage, he's asleep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, you might have noticed we're doing a little bit of an interesting time uh, for this podcast, simply because, you know, uh, trying to do something with somebody that's literally halfway across the world is not always conducive to doing things uh, in a normal time period. So. Uh, thank you, Cage, for giving up uh, the rest of your humanity for this uh, time slot, and uh, Sky for joining us uh, uh, from, you know, at the very least, the interesting aspects of technology, where we're literally able to have a live video conference from halfway across the world, you know. Thank you for having me, though. Yeah, we appreciate you. All right. Um, so Sky's games is actually three games uh, because he's going to present a series for us here, and that is Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, 
Sky, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about this game uh, series and and like what it means to you before we get started here? Um, so basically, um, Xenoblade it's uh, it's an it's a Nintendo exclusive, and uh, God, where do I begin? Um, this game. I wasn't really interested in playing this game at first, but um, like in October, wasn't it? God, I don't remember. I think it was like around a year ago. Um, my coworker, who's like um, JRPGs, so yeah, basically Xenoblade is a JRPG. Um, so a friend of mine uh, at work, he's uh, he's a huge fan of JRPGs, and he just recently beat. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which just came out in July 2022. And he told me that I would absolutely love this game. And he was so certain, he was so sure that it'll be one of my favorite games of all time. And I was so curious because this friend of mine, he knows me the best. Um, to, to make a game, um, to be my one of my all-time favorites, that, that game has to make me feel things or at least make me cry so yeah i was just so curious but and i've already owned the game for like a couple of years i i've owned the game since 2020 for xenoblade chronicles 1 and 2 but it was still on uh they were still sealed so i finally decided to give it a go in october 2022 and i immediately fell in love and God, it was such an emotional roller coaster it's such a great game 10 used to be my number one favorite game of all time but now xenoblade chronicles took the, it took the first place <laughs> yeah and 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 see that's the thing i mean we started this podcast by um or at least my initial concept was what are the games that you played as a kid um, and, and what are the games that you, you know, impacted you as a person as you were maybe growing up and then dealing with that? So clearly this is not a game that you played as a, you just literally just started this last October. Yeah. And, and, uh, when you asked me if this is what you could do, I said, that's perfectly fine because this podcast doesn't have to be about games that you played as a kid. It could be a game, uh, or a game series in this case that you are playing now or have recently played because it has had much more of an impact on you maybe yeah. and 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 from what i can un, uh, what i understand uh, about you and how you feel about the xenoblade chronicles series like just since this past october when you started playing it it's had such a huge impact on you that it's now literally your new favorite game series of all time right and and yes. <laughs> and that's that's fine. So so it seems to me that this you know Xenoblade Chronicles has a much bigger impact on you than anything that you played previously. True. You know, and 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 that's just as good as some of the memories that you could have from games as a, as a child. So, um, 
So, uh, Cage, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the history of the Xenoblade Chronicles and, and how it's done in the market? Okie dokie. Uh, so, <clears throat> the um, Xenoblade Chronicles, it's technically a set of four games and DLC, although one game is considered kind of like an offshoot. Um, so the first game actually came out in 2010. Uh, that was the original Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2015, they released uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Wii U, which is actually, like I said, it's considered a, uh, it's considered like a offshoot. Um, what did this say here? That um, it's not directly connected to the other games, um, but yeah, it's it's still considered part of the series. Um, in 2017, they released Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and then in 2022, as Sky already mentioned, they released Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and both of those games had, had DLC that went along with them that, uh, you know, expanded the story beyond just... Uh, what was presented in the game. And while none of them take place in the exact same places, um, the first game and to the second game actually apparently take place in alternative realities. Um, and the third game is uh, set uh, like many, many years after the other two, and it depicts the future of the worlds of those games. Um, <clears throat> but they're all, like I mentioned, continuous. Like They, they, they relate to each other. Um, over the time since its release, uh, it has sold more than 8.2 million copies worldwide. Um, it is a, a very popular series overall, and it, it, it in itself is actually considered a sub-series of a larger series, um, because it is uh, considered to be part of the overall Xeno series, which includes uh, classic retro games like Xeno Gears. And um, oh, what was the what was the other uh, Xeno Saga, which uh, came out on PlayStation One and PlayStation Two, respectively? Um, they're considered part of the that overall series, even though they don't take place in the same eras or times or places, um, and play very differently as well. Um, the first game is the uh, regarded as the best game in the series by Metacritic. Um, with a 92 out of 100, but the other games also scoring in the uh, in the 80s. So the game series is very well received uh, by critics and fans alike. Uh, like I said, the first game 92 out of 100, second game 83 out of 100, and the third game 89 out of 100. So um, the third game, which is uh, what Sky's friend convinced him to uh, got him to convince him to play the series as a whole, uh, being the uh, second highest in the in the overall of uh, the uh, Metacritic scores. So, but there is a little bit about the background of those games. Cool. Thank you. Uh, in our live chat, Aphelene says uh, Xeno Saga and Xeno Gears aren't <laughs> retro. I won't believe it. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, they, they definitely are. Um, you know, and it's funny. I, I don't think we've ever actually had this debate kind of on Arcade 
um, mm. so maybe for the future, Scotty. Yeah. But uh, I believe the overall general consensus is that 15 years in the gaming world, and that is what is officially considered retro. 15 years. 15? I thought that it was 20. No, uh, I I, re I read 15, um, but again, you know, it's I, I feel like that's a debatable thing. With I, Xenogears coming out in 98 and the Xeno, uh, Xenosaga episode, first episode coming out in 2002. I would go, uh, personally, I would go with 20 because, I mean, you, you, you think about, like, you know, older cars or, you know, uh, older toys, you know, things like that. Um, I would say maybe 20 years is, is a good rough line but even that puts xenosaga and xenogears in the retro category 20 years i mean you know uh, if you're if you're if you're gonna talk about it, and yeah yeah we could definitely probably focus uh like a round table episode on this uh if you're going to talk about what actually makes a game quote unquote retro <laughs> You're you're probably not going to get too far without running into the subject matter of do you accept the term retro without it making you feel old? Because if it makes you feel old that you played retro games twenty years ago, well, you know, there there's really no way to get around that, and that I I think there's like connections there to the broader concept of people who fear getting old or, you know, they just don't want to accept that fact, and and uh, it's such a big part of society that people try to reverse time and and you know avoid growing old and avoid looking old and all of these things, and it's like ah that's a part of life, you know. Yes, these games are over 20 years old. So it's like, uh, well, when exactly would you call something retro? Oh, no, yeah, and I'm not calling you out, Af. I'm, you know, she, um, the, the, I'm just saying the point is, you know, you, you can kind of get tied up with yourself internally and going, uh, I don't know if I really want to consider this a retro game because that's going to make me feel old, you know. Um, now, on the other hand, there's the games that Cage and I played as a kid, and I'm even older than Cage's, and and the games that I played as a kid are most definitely retro because they did not come out 20 years ago. They came out 40 years ago. 40 years? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, well, when when did uh, Super Mario Brother 1 come out, Cage? Like 82, 83? No, 85. Mm -hmm. 85, uh, at least here in America, is 85. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's approaching that, that 40 year mark. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Crazy. Yeah. So, like, you know, that was one of my bigger games when I was growing up Super Mario Brothers 1, Super Mario Brothers 3. And, and both of those games are approaching 40 years old 35, 40. So, it's like, yeah, I'm definitely in the old retro category, you know. Uh, so well, yeah. See, for for me, and and again, <clears throat> we can actually, you know, we could actually do a full on conversation like all day yeah. debating this kind of thing. Uh, but like my two cents is like as far as retro in the gaming industry, I I think I think it needs to be a it can't be just like a hard number just because console generations last anywhere between 
you know, five to 10 years, like, I think it just needs to go by generation. Yeah. And at this point, PlayStation 3 and older, so two generations ago, that's old. Or, like, that's retro. And, and oh, shit. <laughs> and, well, and you got to think, okay, the, the technological advances in gaming and game systems, they, they had never even uh, maybe thought of what was what is possible now in gaming back, you know, 20 or 40 years ago. They, they may be, you know, conceived of something that was coming, but the technology just wasn't there. All right. Well, yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. We could go on for days about this subject, I'm sure. <laughs> so so that that actually is a fantastic idea, Cage, because I was I was thinking to myself, I wanted to do one more roundtable episode. See, you're not just a pretty face. Uh, I wanted to do one more roundtable episode before the end of season two here, and I was trying to think what might be a great subject for that. And that that may be it um so let me let me roll some things around and we'll see who, uh, who we could gather for an illustrious panel for that uh, round table and um yeah we'll, we'll get forward so this is episode six and uh i believe we're gonna have three more episodes this season with the way the schedule is working um so oh, uh, just uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Then, then, then Cage has the summer off, and and he uh, breathes a sigh of relief that I'm not up his ass with all this bullshit. Yeah. All right. uh, So we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we're gonna come back for the first part of the playthrough that will include video from Xenoblade Chronicles One and Two, while Sky shows us his favorite games here. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, welcome back, and uh, now we're going to go into the first part of the playthrough. Um, so, Sky, uh, first of all, I need to tell you that your file sizes are absolutely enormous. Like out of all I'm of the, <laughs> out of all the podcast episodes that we've done here, the video files that you sent me are, uh, yeah, absolutely gigantic. But uh, that's okay, you know, good quality, and that's that's fine much further above like our standards like we're just like oh yeah um uh 256p yeah that's that's a good resolution size we don't need anything better than that and you're like oh i'm gonna give you 4k you know <laughs> did i give you actually the 4k i i yeah <laughs> something close to it man they're they're huge but that's that's perfectly all right uh, so why don't you start with uh, just giving us a brief description of how the story starts here in Xenoblade 1, and then maybe like how it how it goes into Xenoblade 2, since we're going to be watching that video immediately after this, um, and what the story is like. Okay, so basically... Um, all the three Xenoblade games, they're all standalone stories, but they're connected in a very interesting way, which I'm not going to exploit because it's going to be a spoiler for y'all who yeah. haven't played it. Um, but yeah, so the first Xenoblade, as you can see on the video, um, the game takes place on two corpses of giant titans. Um, those are the two titans fighting. In the video, uh, they're called Bionis and Maconis. See, <laughs> and uh, 
they died fighting each other like centuries ago, like long, long time ago. And over time, life began to take shape on their frozen forms. So apparently, like, there's no gravity <laughs> in the game. Um, so humans, um, they live on the body of Bionis, while there's a robot race called the Mechmon. Um, they live on the body of Mechonis. And the story follows um, this uh, main protagonist named Shulk. Uh, he's an engineer living in a peaceful village in the Bionis. And then suddenly the Mechons attack his village. And Shulk comes into contact with this red sword called the Monado. And this Monado was once wielded by Bionis. But, so Bionis used this red sword Monado to defeat the Mechonis back then. And this Monado gives him visions into the future and grants him new abilities as he progresses. And during the attack on the village led by the Mechon leader uh, called the Face Mechon, so this Face Mechon, uh, it can speak, can talk. Um, so he did something, he did something which I don't want to get into details because it's going to be a spoiler, so he did something which, uh, that motivates Shulk and his best friend, a soldier named Rhyme, on a quest for revenge. So yeah, something bad happened to Shulk. Um, and along the way, more teammates join their mission, um, uh, you know, like, probably around, um, five, uh, four or five more, more team members. Yeah. There's the plot summary. And then, and then, um, through numerous, like, twists and turns, then you'll discover that is that all is not as it seems. There's, there's gonna be, like, a lot of plot twists. It's just crazy. The payoff is amazing. It's actually a really slow burn. Like, this, like, the story is really, really slow at the very beginning. Um, but as you progress, then it starts to, you know, like, what the fuck is happening? Like... What the hell is going on? Who's the villain? Who's the good guy here? Who's the bad guy here? Like, there's numerous twists and turns. So, yeah, it's it's just amazing. And it's a, of course, it's an emotional roller coaster. So, I even cried, like, probably at least five or six times playing this game. It was just so brilliantly made. The voice acting is brilliant. And the character development is everything. Like, we have like six or seven characters in total, and none of them felt like an extra. Like, each and every one of them had their moments. Each and every one of them also had their memorable scenes. So, yeah, it's just perfect. It's perfect. And the music, the music is also, oh, so beautiful. The music is just so pretty. Uh, some of the tracks were composed by Yoko Shimomura, uh, the composer who composed the music in Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. So, if y'all know Kingdom Hearts, y'all know that the music in Kingdom Hearts is just amazing. <clears throat> yeah. It's so pretty. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, from what I've seen, more and more, we're getting a lot of video games, I would say even within the past 10 years or so, where it's becoming much, much, much more of a storytelling thing, where the creators of the game are, are presenting this story that you 
uh, are are enticed into, and then it makes you feel things, just as if you were watching a really good movie or a really good TV series, and um, you know, making making the the story the central part of these games. So yes, you're playing, and yes, you're part of the action, but you're you're also being influenced much more by the storytelling aspect that they've yep. woven into this. Um, so on, on the basis of the story, uh, like if you, if you took all of the other things that make this a great game to you out of the equation and you just focused on the story, mm-hmm. how, how would you rate the storytelling aspect of the Xenoblade Chronicle series in, in how it influenced you? Oh, the story? Yeah, by itself. God, like... If I could rate this game, like, 1 to 10, I'll rate this... Just the story, I'll rate this 11 out of 10, because it's just (laughs) so damn good! Okay, so you'd love it. Absolutely love it. I I absolutely loved it. Um, Like, it's been so long since I last felt such emotions after playing a game. Like, I didn't want it to be over. Um, what um yeah, what in your mind kind of comes close? Like what what would have been your favorite storytelling game after this? Your your number two spot. Ah, uh, that would be Final Fantasy X. So okay. I grew up playing JRPGs my whole life. Um, the first Final Fantasy that I beat back then was Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X was actually the first game that I beat. I have never beaten any game before um, back then when I was a kid. So I beat Final Fantasy X when I was still in mid-school. And then that game really put me into depression after I beat it. Uh, Because, like, I don't know. The character development in that game, the, the growth, the story... Everything in that game is just so beautiful. And back in the day, we didn't really have a lot of games that had voice acting in it. So, um, when I played that game, and there's a voice acting, there's a narration, I was just mesmerized by the game itself. Mm. And yeah, right after I beat it, I felt like I just lost a friend or something. Because, oh my god, I was miserable. I was miserable. Like, I, and, and- I didn't want it to be... And and how does that compare now with the Xenoblade Chronicles? Now that you're older, and now you've just gone through this series that is now become your favorite. What was your emotional response at the end of that? Um, I can't really explain it. But here's the thing about Xenoblade. I mean, when I played Final Fantasy X, I've played the other Final Fantasy games before. The first Final Fantasy game that I played was Final Fantasy VIII, and it, I was stunned because back then we didn't really have a game that looked like Final Fantasy VIII. It was just like the characters, they're very, you know, they're very um, uh, well made in terms of proportions. So I was kind of expecting that kind of wow factor when I played Final Fantasy X. Whereas Xenoblade, I did not expect anything, you know? Even back, like, I I bought the game back in 2020, right? But even way before my friend recommended me to play Xenoblade. Um, I just bought it because, uh, because 
I stumbled upon uh, across this article. Um, it's like a list of JRPGs that are considered as masterpiece. And Xenoblade happened to be included in that list. So I was like, oh, I had, I have to buy this. I have to get this game. So I bought Xenoblade 1 and 2. But I did not expect that it would be such masterpiece because I was not familiar with the Xeno franchise. I didn't know anything about it. So neither did I, I frankly. <laughs> I mean I'm not I'm not nearly as much into gaming as most of the folks that have been on the podcast here, but like I had never heard about this until you started playing it last October. Um and and if you as well had never heard of it previously, well that's saying <laughs> something because you're far more into JRPGs than I ever could be. Um, so that's, that's kind of interesting. And that, so you, you were mentioning about how your friends suggested it to you because they know you and they know what you like in gaming and they, they thought this would be a great experience for you. And it turned out to be the best experience for you so much so that, that now this, you would classify this as your, your favorite game series and you got so much enjoyment out of it. I mean, you, you've, you just finished not too long ago uh chronicles yeah. three and you went through the whole series one two and three starting this past october so so yeah. you were able then to you know over the, the the past almost six months here go through this entire series and and really enjoy it what um what in your mind are like the the best aspects of it that raised it up to this level where it became your favorite series Besides the story we talked about. I think it's uh, also the the plot twists and, well, that's actually part of the story. Um, probably the characters, the character arc. I am all about character arc and character death. Um, what else? The characters are just so adorable. Like, they... Like they have, they, they always have this wholesome and memorable scenes that really, that really got me in the heart. <laughs> I just love, um, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but, oh, and there's a romance in the game and I'm a sucker for romance. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, uh, besides the story, um probably it's the characters the character arc i honest honestly speaking i was not into the uh the gameplay mechanics the battle system because mm -hmm. it was just too overwhelming for me but um if you could if you could you know like look past the flaws it's just an amazing game overall like really really amazing and also the music. The music is really good. Music is also um, probably uh, one of the main factors that um, that will, you know, like uh, make me decide if this game is uh, great or not. Right. Probably. It's like uh, when it comes to like rating a game for me, number one would be the story. Uh, number two would be the characters, 
Number three would be the music, and four would be the gameplay. And fifth, uh, the fifth one would be the graphic. I don't so, really care about. Graphics. Yeah. So, so what you just said there to me is interesting. That you you don't care so much about the gameplay mechanics. You don't care so much about the graphics. You care more about that story that's been presented to you and how it plays out. Mm-hmm. So, so if I'm understanding you correctly, it's it's a matter of Xenoblade Chronicles presented you with a story and and this fabulous uh, background music that that really made the story pop and the characters that came to life for you and that's what captured your interest far more than actually playing the game. Yeah. And also the pacing of the story is just amazing. Like it's it starts really, really slow. It starts really, really slow. Like I was this close from quitting the game <laughs> because like it was really, really slow. Like I was like, God, is is my friend trolling me? Because like I don't think that I will be able to beat this game because this is just too slow. Um, but then I tried my best like i i kept reminding myself that this game was included in the list you know like the masterpiece jrpg list so i tried my hardest to you know get through the game and then midway holy shit, something happened i was mind blown and then the story just you know <laughs> skyrocketed right there mm. And I was like, shit, I didn't want this to end. It's just so good. I'm so sorry. My uh, English is not my first language, if you guys didn't know. <laughs> that, that's okay. Um, so, the... Uh, now, l- l- let's go back a little bit and let's talk about like the story transition now. Because I know in parts of that you were talking about like the series as a whole... How do you feel about how the story transitions between game one, game two, and game three? Um, it's going to be a spoiler, though. <laughs> um, I think I think we could be okay here. Yeah. So, so anybody watching this, if you have not, because I know this came out recently, if you have not played the Xeno blade chronicles uh games or series you you do not want to listen to this next section uh i'll try my best to keep it yeah. for you though yeah maybe so, try to keep it generic but uh just just warning we have a, a few spoilers ahead now so basically um xenoblade after playing all the xenoblade games all the three games i i learned that the director um has this formula of you know like the of structuring the plot like the first few chapters are very very slow very very slow um but then it just picks up midway um but i gotta say that xenoblade chronicles 3 has the best premise in my personal opinion like xenoblade chronicles 3 has the best premise has the best plot has the best plot so the very first chapter already captivated me. And also, I gotta say that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 
has one of the best prologues in any video game. In my opinion, my personal opinion. So, uh, the feeling that I had when I played Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was so much different uh, than, than the other previous Xenoblade game. I gotta say. So, so you think the story, uh, it, it did well in that it kind of trumped it up with the sequels the, the so like the story and the continuation of the story in in the second game and then you know continuing that into the third game they they made it better as they went along and and made it more epic yeah. in that yes so this is going to be a spoiler <laughs> this is going to be a spoiler so basically xenoblade chronicles 1 um, sets in this universe, so let's just say it's Universe A, and Xenoblade Chronicles 2, um, it sets in a, another universe, Universe B, let's say Universe B, mm -hmm. um, and they both, um, take place at the same time, the events are happening at the same time, and we learned that at the Xeno uh, at the ending of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So it was it was a the mind-blowing moment, you know, when you actually learned that. And as for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, um it happened in both universe because um the start of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is that um, the two universe, they're merging into one. Oh, okay. So, but it, yeah, so both of the universe, they merge into one. And this merging process, that actually um, will bring catastrophe. Mm, interesting. Uh well, I don't think that's too big a spoilers because I mean you're gonna find that out as you play the game anyway, and I don't think that that's gonna like ruin the experience for anybody. But at the same time, I understand you know uh, a lot of the uh, paths that are laid out in in some of the storylines of these games is what is going to shock or interest or make happy or make sad the the person who's playing the game in the moment so you may come across that revelation and go oh my god you know are they really doing this uh, yeah um the one thing that i also love about how they structurize the plot is that um right after the lows they will give us the highs right afterwards like immediately so it's like a really huge emotional roller coaster so when when there's a sad scene happen and then there's a mind blowing happen right immediately afterwards and then there's something happen again like the game just won't chill it's just crazy it's just oh. <laughs> well yeah yeah that's that's the great storytelling aspects of it okay uh cage i know we've got some outstanding questions in our live chat would you like to uh, help us go through those, please. Sure. <clears throat> Hopefully I'm not too loud. I gotcha. Um, I gotcha. 
<laughs> so uh, Short and Sweet wants to know, if you had to choose a favorite character of the series, who would it be and why? Favorite character? I actually love all of them. <laughs> it's really tough to choose one. No, you got to choose one, man. That, that, that's why I said if you had to choose. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. I probably got to choose... Um, there's this one character named Jin in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So he's supposed to be the villain. Oh, God. This is a spoiler. This is going to be a spoiler, by the way. Um, <laughs> so Jin was supposed to be the villain in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, and I thought that he was going to be the final boss, but turns out that he's not. And, um, so something happened in the later chapter that, uh, so we learned about Jin's past and God, I felt super bad for him. And then something happened to him in chapter nine. So there are 10 chapters in Xenoblade 2. So in chapter eight, we learned about Jin's past and boom, I felt bad for him. And then chapter nine, something happened to Jin and I fucking cried on stream. I cried like a baby. I bawled my eyes out. And then uh, after Xenoblade Chronicles 2, there's there's a DLC. The DLC is called Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torna, the Golden Country, which is the prequel of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And the main protagonist is Jin. So we get to learn more about Jin's backstory, like what happened to him that makes him this way in Xenoblade Chronicles 2? What makes him the villain? Like, what is his motive? So, I don't want to get into details because <laughs> y'all need to play it. And I don't want That's to ruin okay. the experience for you. Because <laughs> this is really, really good. Um, so, the oh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is running right now on the video. Um, but... Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is, uh, am I allowed to explain Xenoblade Chronicles 2 now? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, just to kind of, uh, weave it in because, like I said, for our video playthrough, we've got, uh, 1 and 2 playing in the background at the moment, and then, uh, and then we're gonna come back for the second part of the playthrough with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, but yeah, you already mentioned this character, uh, Jin, did you say is his name? Jin. in uh two so why don't you, you go ahead and expand on that and you know give us some more on on the second game okay so the game uh so xenoblade chronicles 2 it sets in the world called alrest so humanity lives on top of massive flying titans so in xenoblade 1 humans live on top of the uh titan's corpse but in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, humans live on top of a massive flying titan, so the titans are still alive. And they soar above the Cloud Sea. So, I don't know if you guys saw the intro, you see? The Cloud Sea. Look at all the clouds. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Um, so long ago, it was said that humans used to reside with their creator called the Architect. So, the Architect is like the god who created Alrest. Um, so it was said that humans used to live with the architect in Elysium, which is high above the clouds in the world tree. So there's this like huge tree 
and it's called the World Tree, uh, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, the main protagonist, um, he's a he's a salvager named Rex. Um, he's a 15-year-old kid uh, who salvages stuff to make a living, and he lives on the back of the huge titan named Azurda, uh, and Rex calls him Gramps. And after taking a job with a group of people, um, Rex meets Jin uh, and the other and the other guys who make up the terrorist group named Torna. <laughs> so we didn't know that they are terrorists, some kind of a terrorist, uh, named Torna. Uh, their job is to infiltrate and plunder like a large vessel, but it all turns out to be a setup um, because turns out that it was only Rex who can obtain the certain items in the in the vessel. Uh, and I don't want to get into the details. So yeah, inside the vessel, which is like, which is actually an ancient ship. So inside the ancient ship, he discovers a girl named Pyra, a powerful Aegis. So there are two terms in this game. There's driver and a blade. So a driver is like a master of a powerful weaponized beings called blades. And Aegis, Aegis here is a legendary blade, and that's Pyra, the girl in the ancient ship. So, <clears throat> um, Rex was killed in the ancient ship by Jin, and Rex wakes up in what he assumes to be Elysium. He assumes to be Elysium. There, Pyra, and in Elysium, Pyra gives him half of her life force, so thus becoming Rex's blade, and... Rex becomes his becomes her driver. So Rex is an Aegis driver. So and then Rex also um, makes the promise to Pyra that he will take Pyra to Elysium to meet the architect because that's always been Pyra's purpose. Pyra wants to meet the architect for whatever reason. I don't want to get into details again yeah. <laughs> because that's part of the plot twist. And on the road to Elysium to meet the architect, you know, like numerous relationships with drivers, blades, and there's a something called Flesh Eater, which is a, a blade that is fused with humanoid cells um, are made, and then there's an equal number of revelations are discovered. So yeah, the team is composed by Rex, um, and then there's Nia. Nia is, uh, Nia is part of the Torna, but she ended up helping Rex. And then there's, and then there's Tora. Tora is like this, uh, a creature called Nopon, who happens to be like a huge furball. And there's, and then there's Zeke. Zeke is a crown prince. And then there's, uh, Morag. Morag is, uh, Morag is some kind of a special in inquisitor. And, yeah. So so why does Jin uh stand out as your favorite character in Chronicles 2? So spoilers. Um <laughs> spoilers. Turns out that Jin is the blade. And we didn't know that until the revelation in in you know in chapter 5 or chapter 6, I don't really remember. Um but yeah, and then um, we actually also, we also learned that Jin, um, 
back to making money. Jin had a driver who died because of the cruelty of, you know, the cruelty of human beings. So, oh my god, I don't want to get into detail. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, let's, uh, let's switch gears and go back. Uh, Cage, any more questions? Uh, yeah, uh, Athleen wanted to ask, so when we were talking about, like, the series as a whole and its reception and all that kind of stuff, I mentioned that the um, that these three games are part of a bigger series that is just kind of referred to as the Xeno series, which would include uh, Xeno Gears for PlayStation 1 and Xeno Saga 1, 2, 3 for PlayStation 2. So Athleen uh, wanted to know, uh, do you think you will play the older games in the series on stream? Oh, definitely. I'm playing Xenogears this year. I'm going to play Xenogears for the first time. Very nice. Um, I've actually watched someone play Xenogears, uh, despite never playing it myself. And uh, it's a pretty entertaining game. It's definitely a lot different than uh, than these, for sure. Uh, and I'm planning to play Xeno Saga, but probably not this year. Probably next year, I guess. <laughs> because I have a lot of games that I want to play. Yeah, don't we all? I mean, you know, I'm not even... Scotty, you play games? <laughs> I know, right? I, I know. <laughs> it's been a while, but um, I'm actually, you know, trying to get back into it and... Um... <clears throat> at least do a, a couple of games here and there the uh the interesting thing about it though is that i do have a long list of games that i actually want to play and i or at oh, least wow. visit Shocker. but i don't i don't necessarily try to devote nearly as much time to that as you know uh, a, a typical gamer on twitch like i'm 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 more in tune to like some of the other stuff i do like the audio dramas and that but uh so as far as the games go like um all i really wanted to say about that is that i i, I think that if you're into some of those other games not just like i mean you sky you you're playing through kingdom hearts now and mm -hmm. and then uh you also did a playthrough uh of red dead redemption 2 um yeah. i i've i've seen some uh, the only games that you really need to finish playing through is is zelda because the, <laughs> you, you you i think you gave up too easily way too easily on um um not majora's mask on um ocarina of time ocarina of time yeah yeah and because up on because in my opinion I haven't seen a lot of Majora's masks and I mask and I've not played it but in my opinion that looks and and maybe feels more complicated than Ocarina of Time but if I can play Ocarina of Time and I did I beat the game like 20 years ago then I think you can do it as well the the problem is you get frustrated on the puzzles <laughs> And and then you yeah. when you can't figure it out, you're like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And and you just set it down because you get so frustrated on some of those things. And I get that. I totally get that. But see, my my thing is I look at like people getting frustrated at games and I go, dude, if you can't figure it out, if you've spent, you know, all this time on it and the game is starting to frustrate you because you can't figure out how to proceed, look up a guide. 
you know, look at something that's going to tell you how to get past this one sticking point so that you can continue to enjoy the rest of the game. I know that much about you, Sky, that you're going to enjoy the storylines that are present in the Zelda games, and I'm not even that big of a gamer, but you got so hooked up, you know, so so uh, caught up on on getting frustrated with the puzzle aspects that you couldn't necessarily figure out in the moment that you, you let that kind of ruin it for you, in my opinion. Are you trying to lecture me about Zelda right now? No, I'm just saying I think you should revisit Ocarina of Time, and, and then when you get to a point where, where you get stuck look it up you know just to get past i would i would say just play link to the past because it's the superior game well but... i give up link to the past <laughs> because i couldn't beat that you know this one monster i don't even remember god it was so frustrating <laughs> see like that's i i will say that i do believe or, or i i well hey i do believe in you uh and i do agree i do agree with scotty i watched you I watched you annihilate the Dark Souls games, yeah. which are widely regarded as like the most difficult game series on the planet. But you're sitting there crushing through and and every time that I watched you play them, I'm just like, but Sky couldn't play Zelda. Because it's so hard, especially Breath of the Wild. Oh my god. Well, Breath of the Wild is... Okay, so hot take. Breath of the Wild isn't like a real Zelda game to me. Sorry, it's just not. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I I get it. Yeah, I get it. I I would, but I I would. I I would love to see you go back through, and even if you have to just use a guide from start to finish, which I know is not your thing. It's it's not your thing at all. Um. But I I would love to see you actually like conquer Zelda, if nothing yeah. more than just to be able to say, I effing did it. I'll try, okay. I'll try. Okay. Haha, <laughs> we guilted him. Uh, into uh, doing well, it. <laughs> some point, some point. Uh, I will well, here, even even if it's not a guide, like you know, have somebody backseat a little bit for you and say, Nobody okay. Nobody wants to. No. <laughs> well, no, I mean, they you know. Love to if you if you can find somebody uh you know that is has played it and knows what is going on and then you don't necessarily have to look up a guy but you then you've got somebody to give you a little extra clue when you're missing it you know why why is it that we uh and not not just you sky but almost anybody in particular that is a gamer kind of looks at looking at a, a guide as cheating per se which okay yeah i could i could maybe see that but then you uh, some people almost get uptight about it and they're like oh uh i could never use a guide not because it's cheating but because that means i'm less of a gamer uh because i can't beat the game without help Um, we we go through our lives with so much help from other people why can't we do that with a game i you know used to play games with guides though like i used to do that a lot okay but when you stream and you look at the guide i think that it's a bit too overwhelming for me when you stream and you talk with the chat and then you look up look up the guides like 
there's so so many things going on and i just couldn't keep up with that yeah i i, I get that all right uh so in any case uh sky uh we have guilted sky into at least attempting again at some point uh uh zelda and 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 sky's like yeah some point 10 years from now fools <laughs> probably well tears of the kingdom is coming out this year yes it is yes it is yeah but you got to be breath of the wild first yeah and cage will hate it <laughs> all right uh we're going to take our second commercial break and then come back for the playthrough of chronicles 3 so stay tuned we'll be right back after this message from our sponsors all right welcome back and uh we just got a live raid in our chat Seth welcome thank you for uh the raid here and uh welcome raiders appreciate you stopping on by uh my name is scotty also known as ebc uh this is the arcade nostalgia memories podcast where we interview gamers about their favorite games uh, my co-host directly behind uh, below me is uh cage with the uh shiny green head and uh our guest today skyfer uh is uh, presenting the xenoblade chronicles uh for us so welcome raiders again thank you uh for joining us really appreciate you and uh and hopefully uh we have uh something for you that's a little bit entertaining um so we we just came back from our commercial break in the first half we uh were watching the playthrough that sky had provided us for xenoblade chronicles one and two now we're going to watch this playthrough of uh xenoblade chronicles three and um <clears throat> uh before we uh do anything else on this cage do we have any other outstanding questions yet that's a negative sir okay so if you just joined us in the live chat if you have any questions for our guest sky about xenoblade chronicles feel free to ask them in the chat in fact i need to uh i'm gonna change this here i normally don't do this but I'm going to take us off of followers only mode so that anybody that just joined us, you don't have to be a follower. If you would like to ask a question, you can go ahead and type it in our live chat there and uh, we will discuss it with Sky. And uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you. Um, so... Uh, Sky, why don't you tell us now about, like, again, that story <laughs> transition into Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and, and you know, how that operates in relation with the uh, the first two games. Okay, so... And, 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 and let's just go ahead and put this warning out there. There, there might be spoilers here. So yeah, if you have not played this game, you might want to... Uh, just go ahead and, and take off or mute it or something like that. Uh, Sky may be discussing some spoilers here in the next couple of minutes as to the storyline for Chronicles 3. Yeah. So, as you can see in the video uh, right there, that's the prologue. And, goddamn, this is like one of the best prologues in any video games that I've ever seen. One of my favorite prologues is just so damn good. And it's so long, it's like 30 minutes prologue i think mm. is just beautifully made so um as you can see that the um <laughs> excuse me um the time froze um has the time froze though in the game <laughs> uh it looks like it's about to video. 
It's about to? Okay, so yeah. So the time froze, and then... Next thing you'll see... I just want you to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, this is just so good. And the music in the video, I mean... The video currently has no music, but the music that is playing in the background is just so good. Here, let me let me turn that up for our viewers here. Well, there's no music right now. <laughs> no, no, but I turned the sound up on the videos. Um, okay, so the time froze, and then you will see what's going to happen. There is a planet there. So basically, this um. This game sets place in both of the universe in Xenoblade 1 and 2, and they merge together. They merge together, and by merging, um, it will it will create a catastrophe. So, um, the game takes place in Ionios, uh, where the two warring nations, uh, the nations are called Kevis and Agnes. So our main protagonist is that kid with the ponytail. His name is Noah. So Noah is a soldier from Kevis, along with his two childhood friends um, called Uni and Lan. So three of them are fighting against Agnes. And so both Kevis and Agnes, they've been engaging in this perpetual war for forever, for forever. And the soldiers of Kevis and Agnes, all of them, they all only have 10 years of lifespans. So even dogs have longer lifespans. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, basically uh, Noah and his two friends, they were assigned to this mission. Um, and during that mission, they, they met this... Uh, there's three Agnes soldiers, um, Mio, Senna, and Tayon. Like, three of them are also the main protagonists, so there are six of them. And then, when, when all of them are fighting against each other, there's this one dude who basically told them that they are not supposed to fight each other, like, like you guys are not enemies. Um, like, if you want the answer, for your questions, you have to go to a place called Sword March. The uh, Sword March is uh, is uh, is a land where there's the big sword um, pierced through pierced through the land. Oh my God, is that how you say it? <laughs> like there's this huge giant sword that pierces into the land. Yeah, yeah, that's that how you just in English, God. Sorry, English is not the first language. Right. So I'm struggling right here. <laughs> and yeah, so fun fact: the Sword March, that huge giant sword, is actually the Mechanis Blade in Xenoblade Chronicles One. So in Xenoblade Chronicles One, when Bionis and Mechanis, when they were fighting against each other, so Bionis defeated Mechanis with the Monado with the Red Sword. And the Mechonis dropped his blade. And then the blade is called the Mechonis blade in Xenoblade Chronicles 1. But in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, it's called the Sword March. So all the main protagonists were, you know, were told to go to Sword March if they want to live like normal human beings. So yeah, through 
through this through that journey they uncovered like a lot of mystery behind the perpetual war and the nature of their world so ionios is actually the world their world ionios like it's not just ionios like there's a story behind it why it's ionios like how did it even exist like who created ionios why why did they only have 10 years of lifespans why did Kevas and Agnes, um, why have the two nations been engaging in this perpetual war? Like, there's no reason for them to fight, actually. Like, there's no initial reason. Initially, that there's no reason for them to fight. So, yeah. So, there you go. That's Noah fighting against the Agnes soldiers. So, the Kevas soldiers, they wear the black outfit. And the acne soldiers, they wear the white outfits. Mm. And it's an action JRPG. And this is hands down my game of the year in 2022. And this game also... Um, this game was so popular. Like, it even got nominated for the game of the year. In the... In the TGA. TGA, two, uh, TGA 2022. But it lost to Elden Ring, <laughs> which is fine. Well, like yeah, Elden Elden, well. Elden Ring is a massive uh, force of a game by itself, so I'm I'm not kind of surprised. But that that speaks very highly of the fact that Xenoblade Chronicles Three was in the running for Game of yeah. the Year 2022. I, mean, I gotta say that all Xenoblade Chronicles games they're so huge, like even Xenoblade Chronicles Two took me around 80 to 90 hours to beat because the world is just so huge and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 even has a larger world it's just so huge and there's like hundreds of side quests and then other than side quests there's a thing called hero quests so it's just massive it's just so big um, so how how close were you able to get to a hundred percenting it? Oh, I didn't hundred percent it. It'll take me forever to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> they they kind of set these games up so that you know if you do want a hundred percent, it's going to take what? you far more than eighty or ninety hours worth of gameplay. It's going to take five hundred to a thousand. Yeah, I know. Um, but it took me around 60 or 70 hours to beat Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, also, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah, the music. The music in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is probably um, the best one. Uh, Xenoblade 3 has the best soundtrack in, in any other Xenoblade games for me, in my opinion. I mean, like, even the battle theme is just amazing. The battle theme is just so good. Yeah. Like, all the tracks, is there's just so good. And it has, like, hundreds of tracks as well, if I'm not mistaken. And also, fun fact about the voice acting. So, basically, the... All of them have a British accent. But they... But, you know, like, this game, in Xenoblade Chronicles, they have, like, a lot of races in the game. And certain race has a certain accent, so which is uh, which is very interesting. So there's an Australian accent, there's a, a North British accent, there's a Scottish accent, there's a Welsh accent, which is great. 
in my opinion. Yeah. Like um, Which makes this game really interesting. When you were talking about the battle theme uh, of the game here, uh, I was reminded of just how iconic the end of the battle, the music that they play at the end of the battle in Final Fantasy is. So much uh, so that that, that that spilled over in every Final Fantasy game, right? They At the end of every battle that you win, they play that same music. And it's it's maybe been altered slightly between the games, but it's the same notes, the same melody, and the same feel to that. So much so that that, that music has become iconic in the gaming world. Yeah, it's very memorable. And you can definitely. recognize it anywhere that it is. Yeah, you know, true. and it's, there's probably a thousand memes of <laughs> the Final Fantasy battle game and music and all that. So, so uh, did they do something similar to that with Xenoblade Chronicles? Like there, there is, or is the battle music different between each of the games? Oh, they're all different. They're okay. All different. They're all really different. Um. Excuse me. Um, but one thing that I could say about the music in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is just amazing. The I think that this the the music uh, the game also got a nomination for best original score in the game of the uh, in the game awards, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But again, it lost. God of War Ragnarok won. Oh yeah. I've never played God of War though, so I can't really say, but. Good for good for God of War. <laughs> have you have you you you've played Elden Ring, haven't you? I have. I've played Elden Ring. Okay. How how did you feel about uh, Elden Ring as because that's con almost the continuation of Dark Souls, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not really a continuation. Um, it, it's a standalone FromSoft game. Um, it's uh, it has like a lot of similar elements with dark souls though okay but but it's an open world it's like an open world dark souls yeah yes so yeah it won the the you know the game of the year award and they truly deserved it in my opinion because it's such an ambitious game and, but I'm just sad that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 didn't win a single award. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm happy for Elden Ring, but I'm sad that Xenoblade didn't win anything. Yeah, it was nominated for quite a few things uh, at the Game Awards. It was up for Game of the Year, Best Score Music, and Best Role Playing. Um, Golden Joystick Awards, it was up for Ultimate Game of the Year, Best Audio, Best Nintendo Game. Um, into this year already... Like, you know, the award shows that are talking about for last year. Um, it was nominated for the Big Apple Award for Best Game of the Year by the New York Game Awards. And then it's it's up for role-playing game of the year here at the Dice Awards, which happens next week. Oh, I gotta tell you that this game... Oh, oh, God. I can just go on and on and on and on and on about Xenoblade 3 is just so damn good is really really good i the first time i played xenoblade chronicles 3 god like it gave me goosebumps like even the first 30 minutes oh it was just so oh it was just so good the cinematography i just couldn't believe that this is a switch game because y'all know that switch game 
uh, Switch games are like, you know, they're very popular with Pokemon and stuff. Like, I just, I just couldn't believe that Nintendo can pull this kind of game off. It feels really, really good. I mean, I didn't grow up playing Nintendo, so I'm not really familiar with Nintendo games. I, I, I've always been a PlayStation guy. So, um, when I play Xenoblade, like, shit. Nintendo is shit. Well, yeah. Like, good way. <laughs> I, I think we can safely say Nintendo captured your interest. Yes. With this. Definitely. And you'd probably be watching Nintendo for any further JRPGs and yes. what I'm they might come out with in the future. I'm already interested in Bots and Kaitos, which is uh, coming out this year. What's the name and of that? Bots and Kaitos. It was developed by the team Xenoblade as well. Oh, and okay. I'm so interested. It was originally so it's it's coming out this year in a collection of Boston Kaitos one and two. They were originally released for the GameCube. Yeah. So they're they're remasters. Okay. Um one of our chatters in the live chat, Gator thirty six, a lot of games got overshadowed by Elden Ring that were excellent. Uh this one's in Blade Chronicles horizon forbidden west uh elden ring is very good don't get me wrong it definitely came in heavy in 22 though um but he says the the voice acting in this game is top notch so i mean you know it clearly it's you know it, it, in essence it seems like there was so many excellent games in 22 that only one could win, and it was probably going to be Elden Ring just based on, like, popularity and a couple other things. So it, it, may, it may very well have been Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was going to win a, an award if it wasn't for Elden Ring. I'm coming not really in. sure. You know. Because uh, if, even though it's such a great game, but... Believe it or not, there's a lot of people who shit on Xenoblade. <laughs> when I was streaming Xenoblade Chronicles 2, like there's like a couple of people like came into came onto my stream and asked me, like, why are you playing this game? This game is trash. This game those, is for weed. Those people are probably <laughs> trash, and that's why they came in asking that. But you know, because like there's this anime it it's very um, famous with its anime trope, and I know that anime is not for everyone. But exactly. if you look past that, if you look past that, I mean, the storytelling and the character arc—it's just so deep. It has a really mature storyline. It's just so damn good. I I just couldn't recommend <laughs> it enough. It's really, really good. Really, really good. Um, if anybody in our live chat has any questions for us, Guy, as I mentioned previously, go ahead and put them in there, uh, especially regarding uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 um, or 1 and, 1 and 2. If you have any questions, you know, we'll ask them and uh, see if we can get you an answer there. In the meantime, though, uh, we, we've got about uh, 15 minutes left here in this playthrough. Uh, I'd like you, Sky, to talk a little bit about the emotional impact that this story had on you. You you mentioned that it made you cry several times oh. and not just not just 3 but 1 and 2 as well. Now, Sky, you're you're uh, a fluffy unicorn from the far east. I, I love you in that you are a very uh uh kind soul. 
you're you're an open book when it comes to your oh. emotions like it when when i see you play games i see you and and the bare-faced enjoyment of that game so when i you know when i would lurk in your chat and, and watch you play xenoblade every now and then and i'd see you coming across a cutscene where there's going to be a big reveal or something and you're like oh my god this is going to make me cry and that to me is like the bare honesty of you as a gamer and that that to me is a beautiful wonderful aspect of what a gamer can be so oh, so what i what i'd like to know is like personally how did this game emotionally impact you and how did you deal with those moments that uh that were were such a big deal to you to see the story as it was unfolding and 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 deal with that on a personal level and and how did that impact you oh it it did impact me like greatly um <clears throat> to the point where i don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> if I'm done with Xenoblade. Like, I literally thought thought about that, like, uh, what would I do if I'm done with Xenoblade? Like, I couldn't play any other games because it's just so damn good. And after beating all the Xenoblade games, especially Xenoblade 3, like, it took me probably around a month to finally be able to um touch other games because i just couldn't move on i couldn't let it go it's just so damn good and it, it took uh, you it took you some time didn't it you yeah. you took a couple of weeks off after even even between that uh, like you you finished chronicles 2 and you're like okay i need to take a couple weeks off and then we'll start yeah. chronicles 3 and then you took a couple weeks off from streaming after you were done with that yeah, because it's, uh, it's really emotional. And it's a lengthy game as well. It's really long. So after beating it, it's like... You, it's like you just had a long dream and you didn't want it to be over. Um, but I gotta say, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 really really gave me the the the, the biggest impact in uh, for me personally. Um, whereas 3... Um, it did give me an impact, but technically, the game is not completed yet because there's still a DLC coming out this year. Um, it's coming out. It's coming out on New Year's Eve, actually, on New Year's Eve this year. So the story is not done yet. American um, New Year's Eve. Yeah, American. Okay, New Year's so Eve. so so December thirty first, twenty twenty three, the DLC for yep. Xenoblade Chronicles three is coming out. Yes, and we still have no idea what's going to be about. Is it going to be a prequel? Is it going to be a sequel? We we still don't have any idea. They didn't really. They they haven't given us any trailer. They they just gave us a teaser, which was like only twenty seconds long, and that didn't really tell us anything. <laughs> but yeah, um, the emotional impact is just crazy, and uh, all I can say is that. Um, God, it's just probably 
Um, this game, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 to be specific, probably one of the most depressing games I've ever played. Like, from chapter 1 till finish, it's just so sad. It's, oh, it's tears inducing, especially, spoilers, especially chapter 5. Um, if you guys looked it up on Google, like chapter 5, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, there'll be like probably a number of people discussing about chapter 5, how, how chapter 5 um, gave them depression because it's just so sad. Um, yeah. Oh, God. As, um, picturing scenes in chapter 5. Ah! <laughs> um, has, uh, has it affected your life? Like has has oh, playing ha, has playing the Xenoblade Chronicles trilogy here changed the way you are as a person or the way you operate in real life? I think yeah, kinda. First of all, I just couldn't shut up about Xenoblade, uh, especially to my friends. Like I couldn't shut up. I couldn't stop talking about Xenoblade, <laughs> and. Uh, how it changed me as a person. Um, I think that I uh, became more um, I think I just, you know, like, appreciate um, the uh, music in any games even more than before. I mean, I loved um, listening to music in video games, but after Xenoblade, I just start to appreciate um, the, the existence of a music in video games even more. If that makes sense, God, in my English. No, it does. <laughs> so, so essentially, now you think any any games, even even games that you maybe previously played, but new games, anything else that you're gonna play from here on out, you're gonna pick up more on what the music is and and how it is in the background and how it relates to the story more than you maybe previously did yep um and i think that i uh would pay more attention to the story in a game even more than before because back then when i when i used to play games back then before xenoblade i didn't really like pay attention 100% to the story until I played Xenoblade like oh my god like when you really pay attention to the story like the payoff is just amazing you know yeah. like back then I I didn't really care that much about the plot but right after Xenoblade like everything just changed like story became like sto uh, like the storytelling in the game became my number one priority hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Cage, do you want to uh, ask those couple of questions that were from a live chat, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so I feel like uh, I apologize, you know, like this is kind of rehashing kind of what you were just talking about. But uh, Tuba asks, Tuba Swan asks, with how much this game has affected you, do you feel like another gaming franchise might be able to affect you like this one has? If no, why do you feel that way? Oh, um, I think that Kingdom Hearts would give an impact 
on me, I think, because I just finished Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories for the first time, and I was this close of bawling my eyes out. <laughs> and I'm right now uh, currently playing Kingdom Hearts 2, and it's already really sad for me. But again, I, I honestly don't want to compare um, Xenoblade to any other video games because I just... I just don't think that it's fair. So, which is why that I took like a month break because if I started to play other video games right after I beat Xenoblade, then I would definitely compare the game that I'm currently playing to Xenoblade and that is not fair to that game, in my opinion. So I just needed to take a, take a month break to, you know, like to cleanse my mind off from Xenoblade, but yeah, Kingdom Hearts has been quite emotional, and uh, um, I think that there's going to be another gaming franchise that will give effect, will will give the same effect, just like Xenoblade, just like Xenoblade did to me. I hope so. I have high hopes for that <laughs> for other games in the future. Are, are there any games specifically that you are looking at that you think might rise to that level? Um, you're, guess, yeah. you're guessing or hoping that they might? Like any titles that you've seen within the last six months now that you think might fit that bill? Uh, there, there are three games, actually. <clears throat> so one of them would be this one, Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, or any, any games in Kingdom Hearts franchise. And then there's this one game that I heard that is really, really mind-blowing. Um... It's a not so popular video. It's it's not so popular game. Oh, by the way, um, this lady in the video. <laughs> sorry, I got distracted. Um, that one was the queen. That one was the queen, and um, that queen was actually one of the main protagonists in Xenoblade One. Yeah. So, uh, when I started playing Xenoblade Three, I had not watched any of the trailers, so when they revealed this character, I was so shocked. I was so surprised. So, anywho, um, what else? Uh, oh yeah, so there's this one video game that I have been told that it's uh, one of the underrated gems. It's called 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, but I heard that it's really, really mind-blowing. It's, it's a combination of JRPG and visual novel, that's what I heard. I have not seen the gameplay yet, but the cover the cover itself is uh, interesting because it's, uh, it involves around mecha as well. So it's a bit like... Probably there's like a sci-fi element into it. And one game, one other game, Xenogears. Because I heard that Xenogears is, like, uh, one of the classics, like, a masterpiece, that's what I heard. Never played it, didn't know- I still don't know the plot, but it's a Xeno franchise, so... Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm expecting at some point here this year, you're you're gonna go ahead and, and buckle down with Xenogears and Xenosaga in preparation for the Xeno... Blade Chronicles 3 DLC that's coming out at the end of the year. Oh, uh, yeah, and I'm also I'm going to start 
um, this uh, franchise as well. Um, it's a big franchise, actually. Like, there's a lot of games in the franchise, and you have to play them back-to-back -back because apparently they're all connected, and I think that there's, like, what, nine games or ten games in total, and you have to play them back-to-back -back because they're they're connected. Right. Um, It's called Trails. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Trails franchise? Trails, Trails in the Sky, Trails from Zero, Trails to Azure, Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah, I'm planning to play that by the end of this year. I'm going to do a Trails Marathon. Okay. I heard some of uh, some of my friends told me that if I like Xenoblade, then I would also like Trails. So I'm really excited about that too. Okay. Uh, Cage, do we have one more question there? Yeah, uh, also from Tuba Swan. So now that you finished the third game, um, and obviously you still have the last, D the whatever DLC that they released to do, but, um, Tuba wants to know, is there anything, is there anything specific you'd love to see unfold in future titles for this franchise or even in a spinoff perhaps? Oh, apparently, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 would be the last, um, Xenoblade that revolves around, you know, the arc that was uh, discussed in Xenoblade 1, 2, and 2. So 3 would be the last, would be the last game to discuss, um, to discuss that arc, specific arc. Um, but yeah, I heard, but I also heard that they're going, but I also heard that the Xenoblade series uh, does not stop here so i'm looking forward for xenoblade 4 maybe or i'm also looking forward to you know xenosaga port because uh, apparently xenosaga is still only available on ps2 and god damn it it's so pricey so so pricey xenosaga 3 is costs like around 500 US dollars on Amazon if I'm not mistaken like shit I, <laughs> I can't afford that it's so expensive yeah hmm. I'm hoping for a Xenosaga port like Xenosaga remaster or something on Nintendo Switch hmm. <laughs> now I want to ask you um, you, you said this uh, this entire time we've been watching the last 30 minutes the playthrough of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 that you provided us, but it hasn't actually been a playthrough. That's just been one long cutscene, right? Yes. That was entirely <laughs> just the opening scene. So you you put Xenoblade Chronicles 3 in there, you boot it up, and the first thing you're treated to is a half-hour movie just to set the scene for the game. That to me is amazing. That they was... they have essentially brought you to this point with gaming that you know we are combining movies and entertainment. And I I have seen you know especially with some of the uh, choices matter games like um, the Last of Us, the Walking Dead um, games. <laughs> um, the new stuff what's that news that the dark pages anthology um uh, yeah. yeah the dark pictures dark pictures uh, they 
those games that obviously they're building far more movie elements into the game. But even even with something like this, you know, just to set the scene for what is to the the 70, 80, 100 hours you're about to play in this game, they're going to treat you to a 30 minute movie just to set the scene for what is to follow. That to me is amazing and and an amazing aspect of modern gaming. Oh, Scotty, that was nothing. The finale <laughs> was probably around one hour of cutscenes, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Probably 40 or 50 minutes of cutscenes. It's just so long, but it's worth it. It's just so good. It's so damn good. Oh, yeah. Oh. So what you're saying is that you don't like these games at all. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking with you. Yeah. Uh... What? <laughs> you you spent the whole last uh, two hours praising these games, and I'm like, no, no, he don't like them at all. You know. It's garbage. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, if you if you guys have not played this game, please just play it. Yes, Sky highly recommends that you go check out Xenoblade Chronicles 1, 2, and 3. I was reluctant to play this game, y'all, because the gameplay is not really my cup of tea. Because mm -hmm. um, uh, it's like a real-time action RPG, and it was just so different than any other JRPGs that I've ever played. I grew up playing turn-based. Like, it's either turn-based or pure action RPG like Kingdom Hearts, let's say. But this one is like totally different. It's action RPG, but not really in a way. So yeah, it's kind of confusing. It's it took it took me a while to you know to get the hang of it. But oh my god, the payoff! Oh, it's just worth it. It's just so worth it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we've come to the end of the playthrough. It actually restarted here. Uh, so we're going to wrap this up. I, I really want to thank you, Sky, for uh, stopping by to present this uh, to us. And, and the reason I say that is because this podcast really would not be anything without the guests that we have here. And And I appreciate you so much for, you know, uh, even with our time difference, you're, you're 12 hours ahead of us, uh, halfway across the world, spending some time here to share with the audience your passion for this. And um, it, it really has uh, uh, done, I think, a lot of justice in, in the gaming world for, for you as a, a person, an individual that maybe somebody hasn't really experienced what this game is that this is your experience that you're sharing with us and and doing so with passion um so thank you for joining us man oh thank you for having me thank you so much yeah i'm so... sorry uh, if i was a little a little bit nervous <laughs> oh you're fine you're fine you worry too much um so Sky, yeah, this year uh, Sky is going to be uh, doing the the Xenoblade, uh, or no, what Xeno Gears and Xeno Saga, okay? And the DLC comes out at the end of the year for Chronicles Three. Uh, he's doing some Kingdom Hearts. He's uh, at some point going to revisit uh, Zelda. 
and uh, and try to beat that. <laughs> Ten years from now. Ten years from now. No, 2023, man. Something like that. No. Nope. Hey, we nope. we nope. bribed you. We bribed you with good money to be on this show. Exactly. So like, <laughs> I'm gonna give you 69 cents. Oh my god, I like the number though. <laughs> nice. All right, uh, so thank you for joining us. Uh, that's it. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, check us out at uh, twitch.tv slash EBC2021 or uh, go to the website EBC2021.com and you can see the schedule for all of our upcoming shows on the EBC channel. We'll appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Adios.